Hello, everyone, and welcome down to episode number 73 of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, here in Ocean Grove, Victoria, Australia. And the guy on the other screen and in your other ear, if you are listening to this on all of our podcast channels, it is Ken Blake in Hobart Town, Tasmania. Hello, Ken. Hello. I've just realised that you say that you're in uh, Down South Ocean Grove, Australia, Ocean Grove, Australia. Yeah. But I'm in Tasmania, so what, I'm not part of Australia anymore? Everyone knows that. You get left off the maps all the time. <laughs> how, how, shitty do, how shitty do they get about that? You wear it like a badge of honour down there. Come on. Oh, do they? What? <laughs> the, story, the stories I could tell about Tasmania feeling sorry for themselves. <laughs> we, we, could, we could fill a whole another hundred episodes, I reckon, on that. Well, we, we love everything Tasmanian. And, uh, we love what we, and we love all our Tasmanian listeners and followers and I can't it, wait to get down there next month. Except the ones that live in Tasmania, we don't like that. <laughs> yeah, next next month, mate. Your uh, your your ass is mine. In a month's time, so to speak. In a month's time, um, be down yeah. there getting uh, getting wait. sore legs. Yes, can't wait. No, that should be, be good fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone for tuning into the show over the last few weeks. Um, we've had some good viewership and listener numbers. If you can do us a massive favor and hit the little like thing below this video if you're watching on YouTube or leave a comment for us mm. on any of the podcast channels, wherever you find your podcasts, yes. uh, jump on, leave a comment. It always helps the show. So we do greatly appreciate it. You know what I noticed that people don't do on the podcast? The YouTube channel seems to kick ass every week. Yes. But the podcast is a little bit hidden as to what who's listening and who's paying attention and who actually cares. But I reckon like it'd be great if people could leave a review on the yes. podcast so i think we've got like five or six reviews i think three of them are ours <laughs> <laughs> but if people... one, of them, one of them is definitely mine <laughs> yeah one of them is definitely yours. um but if we could ask a big favor for anyone listening to this on the podcast so you don't you don't get to see our face that's fine but when you get off to, <clears throat> when you finish this episode at the, at the end you can rate the show uh like you do like a google rating or whatever can you rate our show it could be one or two i don't care what it is whatever you think it's worth but get on there and rate it um, because that does help us. A five, five. They can't see that the listeners. Give me a five. Yeah, five, five star. <laughs> Held up five fingers. <laughs> You're doing visual props. I'm tired. Audio. Yeah, it's been <laughs> a big day. Anyway, yeah, if you can get on there and review, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. We'd love it. Absolutely. Um, hmm. And we did pass a little milestone of over seven thousand uh, downloads of the show via podcast, not YouTube, just just podcast alone. So thanks, guys. That's awesome. We're excited yep. for us. But it's not good enough. We need you to get going and get more. <laughs> That's what we're really saying. That's exactly right. Now, um, I'm I'm going to uh, go backwards tonight because... Oh, um, no. You're not going to do so. Well, you know, we got some feedback from number one ticket holder, didn't we? Um, they want to know our backgrounds. Like, the, the feedback we're getting is people want to know where the backgrounds are but don't rather than having to either scroll all the way through the damn show clickbait style they just want to see them so uh, they well, why don't we tell why don't we tell them what yours is and then right. we'll tell them what mine is at the end okay fine sounds good this is uh so this is where i was over the weekend uh hang on let me see if i can get this bigger on the screen so this is a place called mount arapiles which is in uh western victoria um so those of you familiar with the town of Horsham, which is probably the Wimmera, the Wimmera's biggest uh, rural town, Horsham. If you go to Horsham and then you uh, head west about 45 kilometres roughly, you get to that awesome little rocky outcrop known as Mount Arapiles. 
Um, very, very popular with um, very, very popular with climbers. So there's a lot of rock climbers go to Arapiles. I think it's got um, every level of of climb that you can possibly do all in one place. Um, right. So in terms of grade grades of difficulty or something along those lines. Um, yeah, so we went out there and and it's a it, I think it's a wee bit untapped that area for landscape photographers. Um, way off in the distance, you can just see a little mountain range that is the northern Grampians right there. So, and this little one here, this is called Mitre Rock, and this is just off the side of Arapiles here. And that's in itself is a cool little spot to hang out and take photos. But uh, right. yeah, so got the drone up uh, mm. right on sunset because Arapiles lights up like a proverbial Christmas tree. As you can see that beautiful light on Arapiles yeah. there. Uh, and, you know, the bonus little lonely road here as mm. well added a bit of fun to it so yeah, yeah um looks highly good. recommend that part of the world we had a couple of people comment that are from the area yeah. uh, when i when i posted this on our facebook site so never seen it from that angle before maybe yeah maybe i'm not sure but um the the blink and or you'll miss it town of mitre is right below where i shot this photo from the drone uh literally like six buildings and maybe a population of eight uh, it was, it was, they, they, they've probably never seen a drone before. Well, that's right. They may not. Do you reckon anyone from Mitre listens to our podcast or show? If anyone from Mitre listens to this, I'm going to send them a canvas print of that photo behind me. So if you oh. can prove that you're from Mitre, you'll get a canvas print of that because that is taken right above your town. Challenge uh, accepted. I am going to find someone who listens to this. Limited to one. <laughs> All right. Well, there's only, there's only eight people there, you said. The first people. person that right. can show me that they, it says on their driver's license that they live in Mitre, I'll be very impressed. Right. Now, um, a little hot tip as well. If you do end up going out to this area, keep going west and you end up in this fantastic little rural town of Garoke, uh, G-O-R-O-K-E. Um just riddled with fantastic rural landscapes, um, wow. farms all over the place, you know, windmills, little lakes here and there, little sort of pockets of trees like you get here, little, oh, yeah, thicket, like the wind, little the wind forest. Stops. Yeah, a little mm. forest here and there. And we found a lake called Lake Rats Castle. <laughs> it would, you know, and we're going to go back to that area and camp there because the bird life was incredible so this area had a lot of floods actually you wouldn't know it by looking at this photo but they had a lot yeah. of floods only six months ago right. um the, the Wimmera river was in massive flood horsham was in a spot of bother and these areas got a heap of water uh so there's a lot of wildlife around now that's sort of flourishing bird life wildlife everywhere so is, is this um, is this part of our murray mallee workshop it is not part of the Murray Mallee oh. workshop, but I'm telling you right now, Mr. Blake, we could very easily run a workshop in these areas as well. Mm. So, well, we need to get um, the other one running first. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The, let's get the, let's get one out the way first. <laughs> exactly. Let's tick that. Yeah, that's right. That's going to be our first multi-day mm. workshop together. So, uh, hey, here's a fun fact for you: Shoot. Uh, Mount Arapiles was mm -hmm. first ascended on the 23rd of July, 1836, wow. by European explorer Major Thomas Mitchell. There you go. Uh, and it's named uh, Rapalis Hill after the Salamanca Hills near Spain, or oh, near yeah. Sp hills near Salamanca in Spain. So um, where the Battle so of Salamanca took place. Major Thomas Mitchell responsible for two other famous things that I can think of straight off the top of my head. The Major Mitchell Cockatoo was named after him. And the Mitchell River. Uh, possibly, but he also named Swan Hill. There you go. Popular so, guy in that region. Well, he he knew it like the 
one side of his hand. Well, he probably didn't because he would have been his first time down there. Anyway, what's this got to do with photography? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing, as always. So I thought one of our... Should, uh, we, talk, should we talk about golf now? <laughs> That's right. That's what we normally do. Yeah. Footy's about to kick off. We could talk about oh, that again. No. Here we go. And the listenership just went... There it goes again. That's right. Yeah. Uh, no, no football talk this season unless the Demons do something extraordinary again. Mm. Um, we want to talk tonight about making the most of any lighting conditions. So... Um, like we want to give a few tips and tricks for taking photos when you just can't make it back to that location for better light. Now this happens quite often when you're uh, in uh, when you're when you're heading to a uh, uh, when you're in transit and you're going to another location. Like us, for example, when we when we went up to camp here at Arapiles, you know, on the way up we went past places like Dunkeld in the Southern Grampians, where it's got. Um, I think it's called, uh, is it Mount Abrupt? I think it's called. It's, right. yep. it's absolutely stunning. But of course, we were there in the middle of the day and it was actually a bit overcast and the, and the conditions were bleh. Mm-hmm. Um, And then we came up and went past um, places like Rocklands Reservoir and all these awesome places to take photos, all with the backdrop of the Grampians behind. And of course, I'm driving the whole time just going, oh man, like I just want to, you know, get out there. Pull over here, photos. pull over there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, we did stop along the way. Uh, for example, we stopped in Dunkeld for lunch, and it was just a matter of me looking at the looking, going right. I'm going to be here for 20, 25 minutes tops. Yeah. What am I going to shoot here? And this yeah. happens quite a lot when you aren't in you aren't in a location with prime lighting conditions, and you just simply yeah. can't get back to these locations. So it is. The, uh, um, it is. It is something that crosses, and I, and this is actually quite relevant to where we're going next month as well because. A lot of people who do the overland track only do it once. Yes. And uh, our good friend, I'll tell you a little story. I'm going to get crucified for it. I've just taken over the show. Sorry. But um, uh, a little story about our good friend, Chelsea, who we haven't given a shout out for months. Hey, She's been to Japan with her husband, Isaac. They've come back and uh, they went to Mario Land. They were wrapped. They had a great time. But Talking about places where the lighting conditions aren't great for it or whatever you might come across, you know, you don't get that chance to go back. We did the Overland track a couple of years ago with Chelsea and there's a famous quote that she will not take ownership of, but she did say it and we have witnesses, but um, we walked up the first day of the Overland track and it was wind, it was crazy weather, sideways, rain, sleet, 100k gust, back uh, pack covers flying off. And we couldn't see anything. And it was getting to the point where it's not risky, but it was getting a bit touch and go as we walked along. And Chelsea turned to me and said, what is the point of doing all this if I can't see anything? And I said, but it's the whole experience, you know, it's it's character building and stuff like that. But you're right, it does happen. You go to a location sometimes, and then Chelsea just unsubscribed. Um, You go to a location and and you want to, okay, I've only got 10 minutes here to stop for lunch. And the, the weather's or the, the light's really harsh or not good enough. And you can see all these amazing potential shots, but you can't do anything. So I gather what you're talking about with this discussion we're going to have is what do you do in that situation? Do you just throw your toys out of the cot and not care and, you know, have a hissy yeah. fit? Or do you actually get your camera out and keep doing it? So what, what do you do in those situations? Do you yeah, throw so- your toys out of the cot or do you get into it? I get frustrated really quickly because it's just, oh, man, I see that photo. Mm. nine times out of 10 what i'll do is take it anyway i'll and the reason for that is because it it helps for next time so you can log compositions that you've made yes um you know and sometimes you really are time poor and you can only just get the camera out and try and get a photo i I find those kind of challenges though 
But when you're trying to work quickly under challenging lighting conditions, incredibly helpful for the old memory bank because, yes. um, you know, it, it keeps you sharp. You So, I, you know, when we're at Dunkeld, um, you know, there's just, it's, it's so cool. It's dominated by this mountain that just juts out you know, in the distance yeah. overlooking the town. And, and it's like, oh, how am I going to catch? Now, the shot straight away for me was I want to be in the middle of that main street and I want to be looking straight down it with this big mountain overhanging. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, I couldn't do that. It was the Friday of a long weekend here in Victoria. There was traffic just everywhere. Um, yeah. So um, I put the big camera away. I got out the iPhone. And as we are just walking down the street to go to the local cafe, I just started just photographing the buildings, you know, um, making the most of what I had right in front of me. Like when you take a photo of old buildings, for example, sometimes the light doesn't necessarily have to be that great like it does for landscape. That's right. But, yeah. but what I find or what I found was it just primed me for the weekend. It got me got my, me thinking photography again. Yeah. Um, and if I do say so myself, I was quite proud with, of the of the selection of photos I got over the weekend. And I think it was because... I started thinking like a photographer straight off the bat. Yeah. And that was right. Like I said, we're not going to, I'm not going to go back to Dunkeld at sunset. It's, you know, 200 kilometers away by the time we got to our camp spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it was just a matter of still looking for the compositions and maybe not even taking the photos, but still having a camera out at all yeah. times and just keeping yeah. those, that school level high. Yeah. I think. And I think you're right there with that as well. Is that, like it's all about practice and that's something I get asked a lot as well. It's like people sort of want to learn that, okay, how do I get that great shot straight away? Well, how did you get that great shot of Cradle Mountain straight away? Well, it wasn't my first trip. It wasn't the second trip. It was like the 50th trip there and I got lucky with the light or lucky with the conditions. So, but you're exactly right. Like I do the same thing. If I go somewhere and I'm like, eh, you know, it's not really working this, this, this place or the town but I'll still take some photos as reco almost like, okay, cool. This is how I would take this building. If the light was great, this is how I take it. And, you know, away we go. Um, a great example of that. There's um, there's this little church in this paddock, a little bit like the paddock behind me in my shot, which I'll explain later uh, in between Hobart and Launceston on the highway that I do a fair bit. And it's this beautiful little church, like a graveyard in the foreground, beautiful little view in the back. And I I reckon I've passed this church. I, I'm kidding you, like a couple hundred times, easy. And I'm still yet to get the lighting conditions I want for that one shot. I've stopped and take shots. I'm like, no, nah, doesn't work. I need some cool stormy clouds or something like that. But every time I go past it, I stop. I still look at different compositions that I know will work. So when I happen to get that really perfect light when I'm driving past here one day, I can get out of the car and I know exactly what shot I'm taking. So I think I think it's really good advice that don't, you know, don't like I said, don't throw the toys out of the cot if the light's not really working still practice, you know, compositions and, you know, and, you know, angles and, you know, exposure times and things like that. So yeah, I'll, I'll tell you something, a, a little anecdote as well. So when we were camping up there, we had a little campfire. It was, it was great. We, we sat there and, you know, we'd, we'd get the fire going at sort of 4.30 in the afternoon because we we're probably going to cook on the fire. So we'd get yeah. coals and all that sort of stuff. And I'd be sitting there downtime literally like we're not preparing we're not prepping food or anything and the sun and the sunset isn't happening yet so it was literally downtime so i just got out my uh camera and i put on the big zoom lens 100 to 400 zoom the new one yes and mm. literally just started looking through it and zooming in on different areas around me and what i found that did was really isolate things um you know Things at a distance were really isolated with that lens. Yeah. And what you were doing then is all of a sudden I started seeing things. 
And it was like, okay, actually, even though it's just a hunk of dead grass or dry grass, like you've got yeah. behind you in your photo there. Yeah. Zooming in on individual heads of those grasses and yeah. looking at how the light plays off it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, really sort of whets the appetite for when the show comes and that's when the light comes. And yeah. Um, it sort of lent itself a lot to um that practice makes perfect mantra that we that we yeah. bang on about on the down south photo show endlessly yeah. um you know and it was so funny because i'm sat there and i'm looking through my camera i'm zooming and i'm zooming and i'm like and my wife was next to me and she's like what are you doing <laughs> and yeah. i said oh have a look yeah. at this and i showed her a photo and she went where's that and yeah. so you know from where she was sitting she couldn't see what i could see yeah. just by putting a big zoom lens on isolating the landscape within a landscape yeah and you know getting shots that People wouldn't think to take, yeah. And and yeah. I think that's that's what differentiates um, good photographers from great photographers is the yeah. ones that have the ability to look into a scene and see something that nobody else can see or yeah. nobody else thought of looking for. More yeah. importantly, yeah. I I I recommend to people, and you know, we, we have a lot of great listeners, and I'm sure there's some really great photographers amongst those listeners. And I, I would really encourage anyone that's into their landscape photography, do yourself, you know, depending where you live, you know, you can always, there's always a happy spot that people go to in their local sort of region. Go out to your happy spot, go out there at the right time of day. So, you know, early morning or late afternoon, but take a zoom lens only, take a take a long lens only and, and leave everything back at home. And sometimes it's that FOMO where you not, don't want to leave the wide angle home just in case something happens. But I, I've done this a few times. Where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going out with a 300 mil lens and that's it. And the light will be going off. It'll be, there'll be mm. everything happening that you want to happen. You're like, crap, I've only got, okay, I've only got this 300 mil lens. I've got to make it work. And that is where you really train your eye that, you know, you can rock up to any scene then after you practice doing it, you can rock up to any scene and go beautiful wide angle. Oh, there's a great little shot there. There's a great little bit there. You know, like the shot of you've got behind, you know, that top left corner where that little extra bit of mountain that's coming out up there you know you can isolate that color and that thing and that little bit of road there there's one shot you know yeah. you can isolate the mountain only there's another shot you know you can isolate another shot with a dam like there's shots all in that shot yeah, yeah. and like i and think it's you're funny right. i should say that because i did exactly that with mitre rock oh, I've, got, I've got a shot of it isolated um we were there three nights this we flew this photo because this is this lit up the best this was the third night right and uh it, it, it the <laughs> i'll tell you a quick story the first night we were camped not with this view because we were a little that we had Mount Arapolis a little bit obscured from where we were. But if we walked literally 200 meters out of camp, you could see Mount Arapolis. And this was the first night. And I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll take my camera. I'll have, I'm, clearly, I'll need my zoom because we were a good, you know, probably 12, 13 kilometers away from Mount Arapolis. Yeah. So I took my big zoom and I'm there, you know, lo looking at it and watching. This looking out for the sunset and then looking back at the mountain and going, this thing's going to glow. It has to. Like it's yeah. facing west. It's going to glow. And so I, I put my big camera down, grabbed my phone, just literally to check what time sunset was. Looked at my phone, looked up at the mountain. It was glowing. Yeah. <laughs> like it happened that quickly. Like from within seconds, it was yeah. glowing red. Yeah. Crap. Chuck the phone back in pocket, pick up the big camera. It's finished. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. it lasted six seconds it glowed yeah. red for literally six seconds and it was over yeah and it was just that tiny little window of opportunity so that's why i knew 
two nights later when I did this drone shot that that light there, that literally is, you can see there's no sun on these paddocks in the foreground. It's no. only lighting up what's elevated. Skimming straight across. And yeah. literally I, I took that photo. That was it. Light, yeah. light was done. So it, what, yeah. yeah, the point I'm trying to make there is, is third night I got this photo, not yeah. first attempt. You know, that's so rare when you'll go to a location and mm. like you say, your first shot of Cradle Mountain yeah. I've got a photo of Cradle Mountain I can show you on my first visit there. Yeah, yeah. It's bloody terrible. Yeah. But yeah. But it's mine. And and you know, I it got on, it. It was on a it was on a Nikon, wasn't it? Uh Jeepers. I don't I can't remember. Probably, probably <laughs> it was is. it was in it was in two thousand and one and it was probably my Nikon D eighty and yeah. I also had my Fuji six oh two Z at that point as well. Right. So yeah, I, I, I wish no. It would have been film. It was definitely film. I'm going to find that. And I'm going to put it up on the screen one day. One day, not this. <laughs> it's buried day. somewhere in this office. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think yeah, you're right in like those fleeting moments. And that's another great tip is you know if you're going out to shoot landscapes, we've said it a million times. And if you haven't got the the, the hint already, then you should. But don't rock up at two minutes to the sunset and expect to get shots <laughs> that Brendan's got behind him. Like you've got to be there and be prepared. Uh, and it's one of the easiest ways to improve your landscape photography is just don't be lazy. You know, like yeah. the amount of, I, I, if I had my time again, I wouldn't be a landscape photographer because I hate getting up early. <laughs> like it's so such a, like it's a great time of day, but it's such a crap time of day too. Oh yeah. And if you want to get, get somewhere. Hard to get going some days, isn't it? Yeah. But so, some of the best photos I've taken have been early morning sunrises where I've been on the road at three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning to get to where I wanted to get, to get the shot. And you know, it, it pays rewards in the end. So yeah. Yeah, um, it's such a bummer, isn't it, that you've got to work hard for things? It is. It's <laughs> like you know, I think I'd, I'd rather I'd rather go work in you know my old job where I was. So no, you wouldn't. No, you would no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, you're right. Any lighting conditions you can make most out of. But I guess one thing I've been doing as well, um, I've been doing is like all these workshops I've been doing and trips around. Like we've been visiting some of these old Midlands towns, like uh, you know Oatlands and Ross and uh, Campbelltown and Richmond. All these really cool old towns here in Tassie and a lot of customers are like, Oh, this is beautiful, beautiful buildings, you know, beautiful paddocks and all that kind of stuff. I've been really taken by all the old doors in all these old towns. And I've been shooting, I'm doing a series of shots on all these old doors and windows. And a lot of the times, I think what uh, drew my eye to these doors and windows was that the lighting wasn't great for what I really wanted to do, but I'm like, Hey, these are cool. And they tell a story. They got a lot of character and stuff like that. So yeah, I think you can make the most of any lighting condition you just got to maybe think outside the box a bit and yeah. and practice. Like if don't don't get out and go, oh, that's no, not the light I wanted. There's always a shot out there. Whether this is a very good point. And that is, you know, if you've made the effort to get out to these locations, okay, you, you've been struck with an overcast day. Yep. Well, you know, why would you just go home? You Suck know, it up, princess. Get, get out there and, and, yeah. and, and, challenge yourself now that yep. anyone can take photos in great light not everyone can take great photos in poor light so no. you know and and by honing that skill you will it'll deliver dividends at the other end of the scale when the light is good yeah um, absolutely you know you, you it'll, you'll really know what you should and shouldn't be shooting now to that end let's extend that a wee bit more and that is the what kind of gear you carry so we've banged on ad nauseum about how we love zoom photography and landscape these days which i think is a relatively recent genre in mm. landscape photography. I mean, is it landscape photography or is it subject photography within a landscape? No, nah, it's got to be landscape. 
Yeah, it's that's interesting, that's isn't that's it? I mean, it's, it's, is, there, is there a set definition to landscape photography? Like, is it because you're outdoors amongst a landscape, you are then taking landscape photos? I mean, I took some photos of just individual trees you might have seen, you know, yeah. uh, from the top of the mountain. I was just looking down on the fields and just individual trees. And they're awesome to photograph. Like, they're just they're just these little, you know. Yeah. They're, they're just little standalone you know icons in the paddock and you take these photos and it's like man is that a landscape or is that a you know anyway whatever well i digress yeah i think i think i think it would like, like yeah I'm, I'm worried about giving another genre another name yeah that's, that's like true. we've got so many bloody genres of photography yeah exactly um yeah you know but point being um you, you could call it instagram landscape well that's right because that so, seems to be the trend i went on this trip with only two lenses the eight to 25 and the 100 to 400 and there was at least three occasions where I yearned for something between 25 and 100. Yeah. Uh, I had a gap. And uh, that was that was a shortcoming on my behalf because I actually do have um, a couple of other Olympus lenses kicking around that would have filled that gap, but I just neglected to put them in my bag. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of hamstrung and had to shoot with either ultra-wide or big zoom. What I would have dearly loved was a macro lens in my right. kit. Um yeah mainly because, uh, you know, all around were tiny little flowers or, you know, spider webs or, you know, and, and, and I reckon a macro lens can keep you busy for days, yeah. even if you've got really bad lighting. Yeah. Um, so, and macro lenses, they can be expensive, but they don't have to be. You can you find what, them. I'll, I'll, for... I'll put something on the screen for those watching at home about macro. Yeah, nice. And I took this the other day in the garden. I was doing some gardening. Yeah. Little praying mantis. So was... Cam's just put up a photo of a praying mantis with. Uh, hang on, let me go full screen. Be so be and... beady eyes and sorry for guys listening, you're not going to see this, but think of it. Think of an alien looking praying mantis staring straight at the camera. Um, but he was actually licking all the cobwebs off his feet and stuff. Um, but I got the macro lens out and I'm like, you know, this could be anywhere. You could say this is in some forest somewhere or some field somewhere in the middle of nowhere. It's not, it's just out the front. It's literally five meters from my front door. Yeah, so yeah, so macro lenses are fun. Yeah, I they are absolutely it. brilliant and very, very handy when you Is that are free trying free? to make, and then you've got it. Now we've got three of us on the screen, mm. uh, trying to make the most of any lighting conditions at any, at any location. Yeah is having the ability to switch genres really quickly yeah. and keep taking photos because that's what yeah. it's all about. That's um, right. You know, is is you know, not putting your camera away, chucking mm. the macro on, chucking the big zoom on, even in some cases shooting ultra wide, but looking for something a wee bit different. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of good things to take out of that topic in regards to, yeah, like you said, just honing your skills, getting used to shooting different conditions, different subjects, different focal lengths. You know, you're there with a the camera, you might as well use it and, and try and do something with it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, before we move on, let's let's tell everyone about your background. Oh, my background. Okay. so Your the, actual background, not a praying mantis anymore. That's now gone. Everyone list, listening at home is like, for Christ's sake, just leave one background up. Um, right. So this is a shot I took the other day on the way. The big day we had the big aurora, the last aurora. We, My friend Jamie and I headed out and we, oh, that's me. And we headed out uh, up to the Midland, after the lakes in the, the middle of Tassie, thinking we'd get it there. Anyway, this road was on the way, and we just came around this corner. It's this big sweeping sort of road view with a vanishing line of the road all the way into the hills. It's got a whole heap of hay barrels sitting on the side of the paddock fence, but it just had some beautiful colour and 
Um, the contrast of the black road against the yellow fields, I just really liked. So we stopped there, took a couple of shots, and uh, yeah, the light just kept getting better and better. And it's funny, like it was one of those moments where we're actually out to shoot the Aurora. So we're trying to make time to get to where we'd planned to go in time for the dark. Um, but we stopped a few times because the light was just, you just couldn't resist taking a shot. We're like, yeah. So it was almost the opposite. Like we're like, we're trying to get somewhere else, but the light, <laughs> the light just kept stopping us along the way. So yeah. uh, in the end, it actually worked in our favor because we didn't get as far into where we wanted to get at dark time, but then we did a detour and actually ended up somewhere where it was a lot better. So it, it was meant to be. Yeah. So, those kind of shots behind you are my cup of tea all mm. the way. And I think it's probably because of where I've just been into a yeah. very rural area. I think the other thing I loved about where where we went was the lack of people. No, people <laughs> I, are I, I, look, I work in retail in a busy little town. So I deal a lot with people. So, um, you know, I've got wonderful customers. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I do enjoy what I do. That's, that's but not, sometimes that's not, what you, that's, not what you, that's not what you tell me what I say off air, um, <laughs> but sometimes it gets a bit much and you just yeah. sort of want to, you know, get away. And yeah, it was really cool. This area here, like down that road that you can see over my shoulder, like you'd be lucky if a car comes along there every 20 minutes or even yeah. longer, you know? Yeah. Um, and I really sort of like that. So that's why I think that kind of landscape behind you really appeals that yeah. road, man, that's cool. You've got a good vantage point there to, yeah. You know, I mean, you've shot that with your wide. I mean, that that lends itself to putting a zoom on as well. That yeah. the the road over your over your shoulder there, vanishing down to that clump of trees, with yep. the light just kissing the edge of those trees. I'm just like, oh yeah, that's a good yeah, shot. Yeah, that, that there, there. I think I did do one of that as well. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's, um, the one, the thing that really gets me about this little shot of mine is like you get the detail on the road, like all the gravel. Yeah. Like all the asphalt, you can really see the detail. The light's catching like. The top of the, the road as well so that's right because the sun's quite low so you're mm. getting the getting all the shadow lines and the contrast yeah. that's very very yeah. cool so, i like yeah. it um our second topic for tonight was we want to talk just two topics in one night wow. this may not even make the thumbnail but uh we want to just briefly touch on the topic of camera clubs <laughs> and well you put it on the agenda so <laughs> yeah no no um, so we're yeah. starting with cam on this one camera club yeah. should you join one cameron well, the reason I bring this up is um, I'm a member. I'm not a member. Sorry. I'm not a member, but they've made me a Patreon, which is a lovely thing, hmm. of the Southern Tasmanian Photography Club. Um, so it's a group of photographers, obviously, based in Hobart here. Um, and they gave me the honor, you know, being like an honorary sort of member type of thing. So hmm. I thought they had a general meeting the other night. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go along and say good day and catch up. And I know, I know a few of them. And see how they're going they had like a bit of photo critiquing and uh, lots of chit chat about someone some lady had been to New Zealand for a trip and they just as a group they'd gone up to sort of these rural areas they had a country show with all the horses and you know stuff like that they did all like a bit of a, an excursion up there and it got me thinking that I walked out of this meeting afterwards and I'm like you know that, that's, that's really lovely to see groups of people getting together with camera clubs but I feel that some camera or the idea of some camera clubs has a bad rap as well like you I sort of hear both sides of things where I where I come from. So you hear people saying, oh, "I love the camera club." I mean, everyone gets up, gets on well, and we all have a great time, and people do good photos, and that's it. Then the other time you hear, oh, "I hate camera clubs." Like you know, Bob who runs the thing, all he does is win all the photo competitions, and and Joan ruins all the you know all the outings because she doesn't do this. Or you know, there's a lot of nit knacky between some clubs. So is it worth joining, or should you join one? And I, I'd be interested to see if people 
in the comments actually could say, yes, I am a part of a camera club or a photography club in their area. Um, but is it is it something that people should join? And I, I reckon that people should. I think it's a good way to, like I said, keep practicing, but it gives you a, a purpose to go out and do shoots and meet people and go to different locations. So I'm, I'm saying, yes, I think people should join one. And there is hundreds around Australia. Like there is every everywhere you go, every every town, every region will have a camera club of some sort. Um, and if you're going with the right reasons uh, in regards to socialising, going out on excursions, learning what you can, or you know providing help to others, and then you know they have competitions and stuff like that. I think they're a great way to do it. Um, but if you're going in there to try and outdo everyone, or you know, I think it's one of those ones where you got to check the ego at the back door. Well, the front door don't don't rock up and think you're going to be the best person there because i think that's a disaster and i've heard like i said i've heard both sides of that but um and I, I do a fair few talks at camera clubs around tassie and some on the mainland as well and they're always very welcoming they've always got a great uh, group of people i find camera clubs are generally maybe the older demographic so you know maybe i'm not saying super old but you know like the 40 50 onwards uh, you don't see too many young people at some of these camera clubs because you know they're all online and too cool for school. Um, but I think I think they're a good thing. So have a look in your local region. Uh, I know you've probably been part of a camera club or spoken at camera clubs. Or, we have or both. three camera clubs um, here on the Bellarine Peninsula. Well, technically Geelong. So we have the Geelong Camera Club, we have the Bellarine Camera Club, and we have the St. Leonard's Camera Club. Right. Uh, all three, at some point, I have either spoken at, judged um, their monthly competition, uh, sponsored different things. I um, sponsor the Ballerine Camera Club and do a few like gift voucher giveaways for prizes and stuff like that. So yeah. um, I'll be perfectly honest and say that I don't do enough with the local camera clubs. And that's got a bit to do with time poor and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. What I, what I, where I really rate camera clubs quite highly is from a social standpoint um, people make a lot of friends in these camera clubs because everyone's got the, the like-minded interests, right? We're, yeah. We're all photographers. They're all keen to get out there and take photos. So yeah, yeah. Um, you find when people have got, um, you know, shared interests, you generally end up becoming friends and and, and going on a lot of outings together, which is which mm. is really cool. Yeah. But I think from a, will it improve your photography standpoint? The answer is 100%. Yes, it will. But they're a yeah. very good resource. Nine times out of 10, you're going to find someone who's shooting with the same gear as you. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to like, you can share lenses, for example, when you're going on outing, that sort of stuff is cool, but more importantly, you share your knowledge base. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot to be said for verbal sharing of information, getting together and talking you rather mean the old, than, like the old school way. Yeah. You know, before podcasts, um, you know, rather than looking it up on YouTube and that sort of stuff, you yeah. actually talk to the person. That's a fantastic photo. How yep. did you go about taking that photo? And when you're yep. engaged one-on-one -on -one like that, well, it's a different kettle of fish. That's why, yep. um, you know, a lot of workshops I run, I like to do one-on-one -on -one workshops because I know the customer gets the full benefit. They can yep. take it all in because it's just me and them. So yep. Yep. Um, camera clubs are very, very similar where they have, you know, um, themes normally each month. Some yep. camera clubs are uh, bi-monthly, so every couple of months. I know the Ballerine Camera Club here is monthly and they meet, uh, I think it's the first Monday of the month locally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll put a link to their their camera club. I'll put put a link to the Ballerine Camera Club here. They'll love okay. this. They're getting that, a massive in, shout out here. In that case, I'll give the Southern Tasmanian Photography Society one as well. Perfect. If you if you got to plug mine, yours, I'll plug mine. Absolutely. We'll put a link in description for you. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah, my absolutely. If you're thinking of joining a camera club, go and have a look. 
They're yeah. not monsters. They're not going to bite your head off. In fact, they no, most of them want new members. And I think yeah. mine is like 50 bucks a year. Yeah, like this one, the Southern Tasmanian one is um, 25 bucks a year, I think it is. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're a great thing. Like, like I said, I you, over the years, I think they've sort of got, not a bum rap, but like there's been a lot of issues in some camera clubs, with, especially with the competitions. And this is something I have a lot of, my customers generally have, all of them are, are joined to some sort of camera club down here or elsewhere. And the common story is like, oh, I never win anything at the, at the awards or, you know, everyone's really harsh critics and stuff like that. And I try and tell people, you know, that that's an that's a 5% thing of the whole club or what the club will give you. You know, like you said, the social outing, the learning, the, the enjoyment, the whole kind of stuff like that is something that people should really cherish in this sort of day and age. So, yeah, I, I reckon definitely join one if you can, or at least go and research one, or most of them have Facebook accounts or websites or something like that. Go check what you've got around you and, yeah, go support your local photography community. And, you know, for, even if you don't go too often, 50 bucks a year is not much to support a local camera club. No, that's right. Even just to get the newsletter or, you know, and, and see what what's coming yeah. up at the club and whether, you, you know, you might want to enter certain competitions that are in your wheelhouse, that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it sounds like we're we're in a heated agreements here. We we think camera clubs are a good thing. Mm, absolutely. Nice. Um Gear Talk. We we thought we'd be a little bit broad with Gear Talk tonight. Um right. because we do hopefully attract a few first time listeners uh and a few first time landscape photographers. So if you're one of those, welcome aboard. Um if, I you're, can not, ask, if you're not if you're not one of those Stay, stay listening. You'll still learn something. Absolutely. Um, I get asked a hell of a lot in my shop uh, by normally parents who are looking to get, like a, a child has shown or their, their son or daughter has shown an interest in photography, in particular landscape. And the question I get asked a lot is um, what, what what gear do they need? What, what, what camera should I buy them? Mm. Um, my general off-the-cuff answer is any camera. Just... Yeah. I generally start, and it's it's a bit sucky to have to start with a budget. That's normally what I do. It's like, well, do we do we have a budget in mind? Yeah. And and once I once I work out what the budget is, I then you know can choose a camera that'll suit that budget, but also something that'll that'll help that that child to to um, encourage that child to to take up landscape photography. So you don't want to yeah. buy them an absolute potato that's you know fifteen years old and going to break down you want something half decent so cam where where would you start if you were starting out today where would you start what's my budget a thousand dollars thousand bucks yeah i'm gonna have a coughing fit excuse me (laughs) jesus sorry listeners i might have if i was a good editor i would have just you know we we know you muted that out uh a thousand bucks for a start out kit um you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna go a little bit left field i like it so if i was starting out landscape shooting now and i had a thousand bucks for it i would most <laughs> likely go online i'll, I'll be looking secondhand because yep. i wouldn't bother buying you um and what i'd be doing is looking for something like one of these little fujis the little fixed lens fujis or Something like a bit of a rangefindery thing that has, you know, maybe 24, 20 megapixel APS-C sensor, but has manual overrides and over settings. Yes. Um, whether or not it has a zoom on or a fixed lens or not. But I'd be going something small. I, w- I wouldn't probably go and buy the big SLR style thing with 
multiple lenses. If I had, if I was starting again or wanting to get into it now, that's where I'd start because I think they're great little cameras. They, the quality in them is really, really, really good. Um, and you can do everything you can out of the big camera in those little cameras. And I think that'd be a great way without breaking the bank to say, hey, I've got this little camera. Hey, I'm getting some really nice shots out of that. And like you said, it might be that stepping stone to say, look, okay, I've spent $1,000 on this little smaller one with full override of manual stuff. Maybe I'll go and buy you know, a new Sony or Olympus or Canon or Nikon or Leica or Fuji or Panasonic, whatever it might be. So I'd be going there. I'd be actually starting, which is probably way off where you wanted me to go. But I'd no, be starting, I'm, I'm I'd be starting there. Your opinion. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be starting there um, purely because I think for that kind of money, I reckon that's a nice way to start out without having to get an old technology sort of camera. I'm going to be a lot broader than that. And, and I'm going to say buy a camera, not a phone. Oh, yes. and the reason I say that is because you're going to want a camera that has manual control dial on the top. So yes. where you can access uh, menu settings and access the different um, modes of that camera quickly yes. and learning about control dials uh, and also dials that change aperture and shutter speed and stuff like that. Yes, I think, I think, I think that's essential. Yeah, absolutely essential. So yeah. Uh, find a manual camera um, that you can change settings on. Yeah. It will help your landscape photography or your photography in general in absolute leaps and bounds. You'll, you'll come along really quickly if you can start uh, adjusting aperture and shutter speed yourself or indeed adjusting both and shooting in full manual as well. You yes. will learn the benefits of that really quickly if you've got it at your disposal. Now, so, so let, let me pull you up on that something one second then. Go. If we go back to episode 17, you bought a phone instead of a camera. That's right. So why did, why did I do that? Because you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, did that because because I, I prior to that, had 30 plus years of experience with knowing what uh, control mode dials do and all that sort of stuff. Right. And I bought the iPhone 13, I think it was at that point. Maybe, whatever, yes. Whatever it was. Yes. Uh, and I was literally umming and ahhing about changing all my gear. And then I had a realisation, and that was I've got everything I need to take yep. landscape photos. I don't need to get the latest Sony A7, whatever number they're up to now. 40, A745, um, yep. That's right. And, you know, and the reason I went and got myself a better phone was for pure convenience that, mm. you know, that's the thing that stays with me all the time. I can keep yep. that in my pocket at all times. So I want a phone that is the best camera on the market at the time. And at that point it was the iPhone 13 pro that's probably been superseded now. I'm sure it has been. I still use it a lot, yeah. um, but getting back to our topic and that is about, I reckon 10 years ago, we had an absolute plethora of awesome cameras got released yeah. that were all aimed at entry level. Nikon with their D5300, I think it was, or 5200. Canon, even with their entry level Canon, they went through the 700D series. Yes. Mate, th those cameras stand up today brilliantly and you can buy them on eBay for a bag of minties. Like you can, you can get... A 700D, I'm sure, body only for 150 bucks, maybe even less. Yeah. Um, you know, and and they're absolutely incredible cameras. The problem with today's marketplace is they have to keep selling the bloody things. So they, yeah. you know, they they'll put out some. It's like, you know, they'll put out 
one with more megapixels, we all know the megapixel race is over. Well, they'll put out one with more areas of autofocus. Well, we now we've got we've done that. Okay, now ours is yeah, ours will shoot sixty frames a second for God's sake. I mean, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous. But we hit a sweet spot, I reckon, about ten years ago, around twenty. 10 to 2013, 2014, yep. where the cameras that were coming out then were jaw-droppingly good and yep. really affordable. And now they're just laying around everywhere. So they are. They're laying around on eBay. So did you look up a 700 d Yep. I looked up a 700 d with an 18 to 55 yep. in excellent mint condition. 250 bucks. Oh, I tell you what, you're almost spot on. Two yep. uh, 297, and there is one for 250 with no lens. There, there you go. And 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 Trust me, um, the 700D, and I'm just I'm just picking one brand. Yeah, man. Uh, the 700D is an amazing little camera, so that's a yep. great place to start. And the Nikon, and, Nikon 50, 5600 dollars $5, with the lens. Yeah, yep, yeah, and that's pretty much the equivalent sort of camera. So yeah, um, there's heaps out there, and they are sitting in drawers because what happened was people. Back then, phones were still no no good with their cameras, right? No, yeah. Back then, it was still all about buying the SLR camera or the high end compact camera. And I remember that I reckon it was the Christmas of 2011 and 2012 when I worked at Camera House. We sold thousands of SLRs, yep. and yep. the twin lens kits were popular, and the triple lens kit, and the tripod, and everything that came with it, and the carry case. They were yep. awesome. And I'm telling you, folks, they are sitting in drawers with dead batteries and they're just going to be landfill. So do the yeah. planet a favor as well. Buy yourself a secondhand one of these cameras and uh, get I, out I can, I, can, I can do you one. I can do you one better. I've got a brand new Olympus EM1X. Yes. <laughs> yeah. As I have. <laughs> I'll do you one too, uh, which I'm looking to sell. So if anyone's, interested, if anyone's interested in a, a brand new, it's got literally go. three frames on it. Yep. Uh, EM1X 20.4 megapixel camera. Yeah. Lovely camera. We'll hit Brendan and I up and we'll. <laughs> How much are you selling yours for? I have no idea. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know either. I might end up giving it away on the channel in a couple of years' time. <laughs> Ooh, there's, a, there's an idea. That's a mm. $1,500, $2,000 camera giveaway. Well, that's right. If um, we, five if we grand reach, when it came out. If we reach a thousand subs on YouTube <laughs> before the end of the year. Yeah. And I haven't sold the camera. <laughs> I will. I will I, we will raffle. I will. We'll give it to a viewer. What do you reckon? Okay. I'm happy great. to sacrifice that. You, you, say, you heard geez, it, here, I, folks. I say some stupid shit things and regret them. He said that his his camera. No, no. Uh, the I way we're going, that, that's it's a chance. It's an outside chance. But anyway. Mm. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Look. In a nutshell, um, what do you need to get into landscape photography? You just need a half decent camera with manual control. I think that's, that's what we we both hit on. Dear Cam. Yeah. Oh, uh, episode decam. 73, decam. Yeah, yeah. Um, dear lads. This is this has become the dear everyone show. And it's funny because this, this, and I didn't even look ahead, but this goes back to exactly what we we're just talking about. I've got way too much camera gear and want to offload it. Oh, where do you guys sell your secondhand gear? Ian. Ian didn't tell us where he was from, but thanks, Ian. Uh, we sell it on here. Who wants to buy an Ian one X? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> um how much you have way too much gear? Uh, well, sorry to disappoint you, Ian, but I've still got too much gear. Yeah, that's and right. I don't offload it too much. But if I was going to offload it, um, I've sold stuff on Gumtree before. That's not too bad. You had a few tire kickers. Uh, eBay is okay, but they take lots of fees. Uh, eBay you can fees always... are ludicrous now. Oh, it's ridiculous. What? Um, and if you want to, you can also trade in. 
So if you've got a whole heap of old gear, but you're looking to get some new gear, you can trade in. You won't get the same sort of price as private sale, but they're the three things I would do. Either chuck it on yeah. Gumtree and put up with the tire kickers or put it on eBay and put up with the fees yeah. or trade it in and put up with being bent over. Com- completely ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that there's, yeah. Or give it to your local camera club, but donate it. Ah. Now that's yeah, what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Um, down, there's mate. a couple of ways you can do this. You can you can go to your camera club, and quite often camera clubs in their newsletter will let you advertise your stuff. And ch- chances are, there's going to be a member chasing the lens or the body that you've got. Uh, I tell you another. No one's chasing really, the body I've got. This is true. <laughs> I'll tell you another ripping place, and that's Facebook Marketplace. Um, oh, yes. Underrated, underrated, no fees oh. whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and generally speaking, you you'll find you have quick interaction with people, and there's yes. no time limit to sell it, like eBay. Like you know, you have a seven day auction or whatever it is on eBay, and all that sort right. of garbage. Um, Facebook Marketplace, there will be 58 million cameras for sale right now. I'm there's, sure there's, of it. there's so, a lot of EOS 700Ds. <laughs> there you go. See, <laughs> what about so Ian? Um, and the question was, where do you guys sell your secondhand gear? Cam said he doesn't really sell too much secondhand gear. I'm very fortunate in that I have my own retail outlet, so quite often my old gear will end up on a shelf in there, you know, and I'll sell it like that. So, um, Nice. Facebook marketplace though is is where I would where I would get rid of my stuff. Cool. Cool. Good stuff. Any any pricing on 700 Ds on Facebook marketplace? About, about the same as eBay. Yeah. Minus minus the fees. Mm-hmm. The one thing I do like about sell, the secondhand gear, um, just while I've been looking at marketplace, there's a lens that I inquired about locally in Hobart, a lens I was really keen to get for a camera of mine. I won't say what brand it is because that'll give it away. Um and I emailed this person and said, hey, I'll give you X amount of dollars. And they told me to go forth and multiply in no uncertain mm. terms. Nice. It's, it's now being still listed for less than that. So they haven't been able to sell it. <laughs> and now they're selling it for less. So Now, now go on and off from half that. Well, I am tempted <laughs> to go and say, well, who's it's laughing? Only get, it's, it's right. It's only getting lower. <laughs> um, thank you, one and all, uh, who have visited dsps.com.au, the Down South Photo Show website, which mm. is now flying along. Uh, in particular, thank you. Uh, I don't know. You put it up there. Hopefully, it's still there. Yeah. Uh, our beer donators for the week. Um, <laughs> they're coming in. We've, we've got, we would like to thank Mel, Ann B, Andrew, and Ann M for uh, hitting us up with a beer donation. Thank you so much. Um, the beer donations are awesome. It not only quenches our thirst, it also uh, pays for the small costs of running our setup. So, um, websites, YouTube, uh, podcasting all that sort of stuff it's, to- it's totally beer but mostly it's beer so uh thank you so much for those people who have given us beer yes. donations and if you'd like to buy us a beer all you got to do if is you... go to the website yeah if you want to buy a beer just go to www.dsps.com i'll put an extra w in there dsps.com.au yeah. there is a section that says buy us a beer yeah um it doesn't have to be actually be five bucks that'll give me a beer and brenda can watch it's yep. weird. Oh, well, you can buy us ten dollars, <laughs> and we can both watch. I don't know. <laughs> we could share a beer. We could share a beer. Yeah, um, we could do that. So yeah, it's uh, it's good. And what we're doing as well for those guys listening who don't watch the show, if you do go on to www.dsps.com.au, we'll have the latest image from either one of us on there each week. So you can actually yes. have a quick look at the the photo that we've put up. So instead of us just crapping on in your ear and you go, <laughs> I can't be bothered, uh, you can now be bothered and get on there and have a look. That's and right, everyone, exactly. everyone, everyone has internet at work, and you're not doing anything at work. So just yes, jump on and buy us a beer. Yes, and there are less syllables in World Wide Web than there are in www. 
Um, what's coming up for you, Cam? That's a weird thing to say. Uh, what's coming up for me? Um, so a bit of a conundrum, but I, I've got a tour starting um, on Saturday and we're meant to be flying into the Southwest that we do as part of this World Heritage Tour. This yes. is the first one. And I got a call today from the company that flies us in saying, oh, we've had to do some unexpected maintenance on our planes. Ooh. No planes are flying for the next week. Uh, sorry, we can't take you there. I'm like, right, well, that's that's a bit unfair. So we have to shuffle that around a bit, the itinerary. I've told the customers and they're being wonderful about it. So yeah, I'll be uh, next week for the podcast. I might have to check in from somewhere else to do it. I like the sound of that. Hmm. And what about you? What have you got going on? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, a lot going on because I have closed down my Torquay store. So I am in the process of relocating everything out of the Torquay store to the Ocean Grove store and revamping that. Um, right. That's going to be a lot of work, but that's okay. That's all. Yeah. I'll get to the other side of it and go, that wasn't that much work at all. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting my teeth into that because the Ocean Grove site is brilliant. I love the location, but the shop's a bit tired. I, I literally... When I relocated the Ocean Grove store six months, eight months ago, whenever it was, I literally just took everything out of one shop and plonked it in a new one and made it work. Yeah. Um, I had to do it quickly because uh, my lease was up. So, but now I've got to a point where I know how the space is going to work and function. Um, and so I'm looking forward to putting in a couple of new um, uh, counters and things like that and nice. moving printers and all that sort of fun stuff. So speaking of, I do have a, a large format printer for sale. <laughs> This, is, this has become the downside. What's going on? This has become eBay. The, We're not, the, forget the it. Forget I said that. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that sounds like you're nice and busy as well. That's oh, great. very, very busy. And, um, you know, my my other love in this world, uh, AFL football, is back this weekend. So um, right. I'll be off to the the, M, the mighty MCG on Saturday That's night. So Saturday night. It starts tomorrow night, doesn't it? The round? It does. It's, mm. uh, it's, it's blockbuster opening round. So uh, mm. very excited by all that as well. Yeah. Um, did we mention the Murray Mallee workshop? I think we did. Uh, we did touch on it. It's still spots available uh, October 12th. Uh, till whatever it is, four days and three nights, uh, yep. full price and details on the website. I'm super excited about that, given there, that I've wet my appetite in mm. this location. So I'm looking yeah. forward to getting out in that one. Uh, we're still a few months before we're going. Uh, yep. We've got some places still left. It's fully exclusive. So accommodation, food, meals, comedy, beer is not included. Uh, you know, <laughs> you name it, it's there. Um, unlike other other podcasts around Australia, uh, we actually do something with our guests and show appreciation and take you out to these amazing pots, spots. So um, <laughs> make sure Absolutely. you keep that in mind when you're liking and making a review and subscribing and all that kind of stuff. That Can't wait to see you on a workshop, everyone. Mm. Um, I think that's it. I think that's time. I think that's the podcast for this week, Cam. I think it is. I don't think we've got anything else to say. Very good. Which nice. would be unusual for me. <laughs> thank you for joining us on this episode of the down south photo show we will see you it was 73 this one wasn't it yes 74 well we've got 26 to go wow where, is, where, where does that take us 26 weeks what's that half a year that's six months mm -hmm. oh one two three four it Ooh. might be right when we run the Melly murray workshop could be uh also no, so 100 it, of the dsps you know what's going to be it's going to be grand final week yeah well i won't be on <laughs> Episode Thanks, 100, where's Brendan? He's gone. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next week. Cheers. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.